Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Oh boy, this was a surreal one. Today I had on the QAnon Shaman, also known as America's Shaman, also known as Jacob and Jelly, also known as <laughs> also known as Jake uh, and Jelly Chansley. Uh, he, this man has many names, uh, but he is a fascinating character. And we go deep, as deep as I've probably ever gone on this show. Uh, talk about a lot of stuff that many of you will consider to be woo-woo. And uh, if that's not for you, I don't blame you. That's okay. Uh, but for me, it was very, very fun and, and very interesting. And I, you know, I try and let my guest take us wherever I feel will be the most uh, novel, most unique. And, and more importantly, because he's been on a media blitz, I really wanted to give him an opportunity to uh, you know, show who he really is and not focus so much on January 6th, but, you know, see who this guy is. And he's an interesting, interesting human being. Seriously, <laughs> like super, super interesting guy. And, and man, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, if you want to check out my show and be able to contribute uh, by listening via Bitcoin sats, uh, you can go to the Fountain app. And if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Without further ado, America's Shaman. Enjoy. We are joined today with America's shaman, Jake Angeli. What's up, Jake? How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely, man. So you've had a uh, tumultuous couple years. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good now that I'm not in prison. Right. <laughs> um, Every day is do you a think gift. That, yeah, for sure. Do you think that the uh, your psychedelic journeys assisted you with preparing for this? process oh without a doubt um you know the intensity that comes with the psychedelic experience um i mean I, it's on another level most people freak out well i shouldn't say most people uh, some people freak out uh but the thing is about the solitary confinement and being in prison and all that stuff is that you know it wasn't like oh you know, it feels like an eternity, but six hours later, it's over. No, it, it kept going. It was like a bad trip that didn't go mm. away. Yeah, man, that's that's deep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm obviously I'm very grateful that you've been released. Do you do you harbor any resentment to what happened to you? Or are you are you Zen enough that you can actually forgive your enemies, so to speak? Yeah, I, I have forgiven my captors. Uh, Resentment, regret, anger, hatred, those are far too heavy burdens to bear in order to move into the future. It's like, you know, just sandbags on a hot air balloon. You can't, you can't raise your frequency if you harbor all of those things. So I just let it all go. Well, that's beautiful. I don't know if I would be, uh, I don't know if I'm as advanced on my path with meditation as you are, <laughs> um, but that's beautiful. Seriously, it is. And uh, I think what I found most stark was that you seem to still have a lot of affinity for Donald Trump. I, I listened to your interview with Michael Malice yesterday uh, on your welcome. And, uh, you know, my my vantage point is that to a large extent, Donald Trump abandoned the J6ers and you being kind of the, the figurehead of it. I, I would have assumed you would not still be a fan of his. Uh, what's your perspective as to how he addressed those issues? It's not Donald Trump's fault what happened that day. 
um, if anybody's to blame for the events that took place and the fact that the cops were overwhelmed, it would be the people in charge of security for the Capitol. It would be the numerous different federal agents that were in the crowd. This is well known at this point. Um, And I don't hold anybody else accountable for my decisions. No man with any sort of cojones tries to blame somebody else for decisions that they made. Right. I made the choice that Donald Trump didn't force me through those open doors. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I just felt like, you know, there's with his microphone, you know, he could have advocated on your guys' behalf a little bit more strongly. And well, I'll, yeah, I'll just speak for I myself. I, I was disappointed that he didn't. That's just how I felt. No, and I understand that. But my thinking is we see the level of maliciousness in the media and from the DOJ regarding Donald Trump. I mean, if he were to come out and like, say, start a J6, you know, defendants fund or something and donate money to it, or if he were to be, you know, out there decrying the plights uh, or, uh, you know, crying about the plight of the plights of the J6 prisoners, the media, the the DOJ would then use that against him. Um, I mean, they're already using a bunch of stuff against him. And my thinking is why give them more ammunition? No, you know, hey, you 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 have uh, have given me a counter that I'm actually gonna uh, take to heart. That's a really great point. I, I think had Trump <laughs> vocalized his desire to see you guys freed, uh, it very well may have may have made things worse for you. So you you win this round, Jake. Uh, that's a great great <laughs> argument. Um, well, uh, all right. So I, I wanted to know, you know, what what was the the spirit with which I you know I, let me let me start by saying I was in some ways, and this is going to sound selfish, and it is selfish to a certain extent, I was kind of grateful that you were the face of this because you're you're like such a peace and love type of dude. And I was like, they're going to try and frame this entire day, this entire you know few hours as an insurrection, a violent insurrection, right? And, and they've opted to go with a dude who's like peace and love and let's, you know, do mushrooms and meditate and, uh, and you know, be peaceful. I, I just thought that like if they could pick a worse, you know, they couldn't have picked a worse person to make the face of this thing. Have you ever reflected on that? That like as they're trying to portray this as some violent insurrection that they put you up there? Oh yeah, absolutely. God definitely has a sense of humor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like For real. irony, bro. The irony is so it's so in your face. And there's no denying that I am nothing like what the Mockingbird media and the United States government said that I was. Right. So, you know, they they kind of stepped in the doo-doo and now they're, you know, it's following them around. <laughs> Good. You know? That's, that's the least they deserve, dude. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about what, the, what was the general energy of that day? Uh, it had to have been a, a pretty surreal experience. I know you've talked about this ad nauseum and I'm not going to spend most of the time talking about it, but, um, you know, was there a, a vibe like, I, I'm sure some people there actually did want to see, you know, the government fall or any, you know, crazy stuff like that. But I, I would imagine for the most part, it just felt like a protest. What, what was the feeling for you? 
Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Most of the time, like if there's the 24 hours in a day or if there's, we'll just say 16 hours because people are sleeping. If there's 16 hours in a day, what happened at the Capitol was what? Four hours, five hours. Okay. So that means the majority of the day, everything was fine. (laughs) and 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 if you think about the idea of like there was over a million people in dc on that day and currently the doj has arrested about like 1200 people mostly on nonviolent charges right Mm -hmm. trespassing parading on capitol grounds etc so that means that literally less than 0.01 percent of the people that were there in dc on january 6th committed a crime or were violent Right. So, uh, to me, it's just indicative of where the media cho- chooses to shine the spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what they choose to highlight because they have an agenda all their own. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, I have my own assessment as to what their agenda was, but go ahead and make it explicit. What's your opinion as to their agenda? Well, you know, what you said about people wanting to see the government fall. I don't think people want to see the government fall. I mean, maybe some do. If right. there was anybody in the crowd that wanted to see the government fall, it would be Antifa and BLM. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what it is, is people want to see the corruption end. That's right. what they want. They want to be able to believe that their government is a government by the people for the people, not by corporations for corporations or by globalists for globalists. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think people want. And one of the things I said in my interview with uh, Michael Knowles and uh, others is that I think that a lot of, I think that the media really got it wrong. It, it, it really wasn't all just about the election in 2020. What it was about was the long string of abuses, to quote the Declaration of Independence, um, that this government has committed against its people. The yep. lies for decades, but whether it be JFK, whether it be uh, in his assassination, whether it be um, uh, Operation Fast and Furious, whether it be um, the Oklahoma City bombing, 9-11, the Vegas shooting, um, all of which have a yeah, Waco, all of which have a bunch of un, unanswered questions. Um, also, you, you think about like um, Obama rescinding that the uh, the Smith Munt Act, where yes. he, you know, they're now allowed to pre- uh, perform psychological warfare operations on the people of the United States. Uh, Thirty three thousand emails being deleted. Uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Everybody knows that it's fake now. Um, and there's no justice. There's no like accountability. These people are, it's like, it's like, you know, being in an abusive relationship. And what's unfortunate is that like over half the country, uh, I should, I would say about a third of the country, about a third of the country has Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) You know what I mean? And amnesia and amnesia because they're forgetting (laughs) all these things, you know? So, and I think the two kind of go hand in hand because they have this amnesia because of the hypnotizing nature to propaganda and television and, you know, phones and social media and stuff like that. And so they're kind of like in this echo chamber they're, They have this tunnel vision. They're only focused on what they're told to focus on. And they're forgetting about what was reported six months ago or whatever. And then in the process, the 
they begin to identify with their captors. They begin to sympathize with their abusers, you know, and it's like, well, hold on a second here. Have you read history? (laughs) (laughs) You ever picked up a history book even once? Yeah, no, I I think your, your point about it being Stockholm syndrome with amnesia is actually really profound because they not only have they fallen in love with their captors, but they've also forgotten that they're captured. You know, they, they genuinely think that they're free, but they're, you know, in a, in a prison and they're in love with the warden. It's a, it's a bizarre, bizarre paradigm. And this is actually another part of the reason I was so grateful that, that you ended up being the face of this is because I knew you had a message. Um, you know, I've watched the documentaries that were made about you and, and uh, as soon as, and I've seen the interviews with, you know, Alex Jones and everything else. And I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. This guy is not some loon. Like he's, he's deep. He's deep. He's one of my people. <laughs> like I, I sensed it right away just because, you know, I, I, I never, I, in fact, I, I believe that the Q stuff was largely a psychological operation. Uh, we can get into that later, but um, uh, setting that aside, you know, anybody that has deep mistrust of the government, um, those are my people because that means that you're at least paying some some attention and and it's clear that you've gone deep down the rabbit hole I wanted to get into that a little bit um, you know I know QAnon you've described that as kind of the psychological operation but Q actually being uh, more legitimate can you give me some evidence because perhaps I've been tricked into thinking it's nonsense is there is there evidence of the Q drops that were legitimately proven because every time I looked at them they seemed to be so cryptic I couldn't really you know, it seemed like I could I could justify it being legit, but at the same time, I didn't know. Okay, so first, try to look into and learn the patterns of cryptology and encryption. Uh, that's number one. And how it is that numbers and messages can end up kind of coinciding to either obscure a message or reveal a message. So if you look at the Q drops and you understand the numerical code, you understand the timestamps for Trump's tweets and the Q drops, and you understand the Q clock, which are you familiar with the Q clock? It rings a bell, but go ahead and recap it for so me. So it's like, it's like a regular clock, 12 numbers, you know, but mm-hmm. above each of these numbers is different dates. And if you go to the Q drops on each of those dates above, say, the number 12, and then you line up all the Q drops on the, on, that are on the number 12, then it creates a much larger message that was spread out over the course of weeks, months, or years. Jeez. Well, yeah. Why, all right. Tell, tell me why the, why the cipher style messaging? Why? Well, I honestly think it's because it's about deprogramming the neurolinguistic programming of the psychological operations been, that have been perpetuated on humanity on the people of the United States for decades. Operation Mockingbird. You know, uh, I believe it was a CIA director that said once everything that the American people believe is false, our disinformation campaign will be complete or something like that. So um, what, we're, what you have to understand is that if you are lying to somebody, right? Just, we'll just say an individual person and you have placed them in a worldview that you control through disinformation or misinformation, which is the combination of disinformation, which is true and information, which is true to create a narrative that you control. Then you control that person's view of reality because now they think that you are at the store and you got a flat tire. You weren't at a motel room fucking some broad. You see what I'm trying to say? So (laughs) like, you've created this illusion and now you've entrapped them in that illusion through the use of words and through using emotion to 
to reinforce that view of reality. So they love you. They want to believe that you weren't cheating on them or whatever. And so you have created this illusion. Now, this is part of the reason why I live by the truth, because I can't live a lie. I can't tell a lie. I don't like doing that. It makes me feel icky. Okay. So when I see the government, the intelligence agencies, the globalists, the media, creating a misinformation or disinformation narrative over decades, it makes me feel like, no, I want to know what the hell's going on here. So when I looked into Q and the Q drops, and the thing is, is like, yeah, I kind of knew that Q was doing drops in late October of 2017, but I kind of just waited and watched over the course of, you know, many moons, many, like over like maybe even a year or two. And then I strung it all together. And I was like, okay, what the hell is actually going on here? And mm-hmm. once I saw the larger message, what I became aware of was this notion that it was one psychological operation versus another. One is dis- is dispelling disinformation and, and giving people truth, giving people real information. The other one is giving out these illusions, is spelling disinformation on the people as a means of entrapping their minds and in, mm-hmm. in encasing them or imprisoning them in a false view of reality. Sure. Well, so for me, from an outsider looking in, you know, I I didn't vote for Trump either time. I also didn't vote for Biden, of course, or Hillary Clinton for that matter. Uh, God forbid, but I, I, uh, you know, I'm a libertarian, so you can, you can figure out who I probably voted for. I, I, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, I'm, you know, I start my show. It's called Liberty Lockdown. Obviously I'm very opposed to the lockdowns in uh, May of 2020. And I'm looking around at the MAGA people, you know, the two-way uh, free speech, freedom of religion types, and and I'm expecting them to rise up and say, we're not, we're absolutely not going to allow you to have your churches or have, allow you to shut our churches down. Like that's definitely never going to be accepted by by the GOP or the or the MAGA movement. And that was my perspective from an outsider looking in this Q phenomenon. In my from an outsider's perspective, seemed to sedate MAGA. It seemed to make these folks basically believe, like, trust the plan, like, Trump's got us, everything will work out. That That's what put me on the path of thinking that it was a psychological operation to kind of subdue you guys. What do you say to that? Well, this is where we get into this idea of uh, the Anons versus the Q drops and how disinformation can make its way into the uh, Anon community. Now, Mm -hmm. I understand that there's a lot of things that people say, well, Q predicted this, Q predicted that, it never came true. That's just not true. Um, You know, one of the first first Q drops was something along the lines of what happens if um, uh, the like governors and stuff don't do their jobs or don't enforce the law. You know, what happens if the police aren't, aren't uh, keeping law and order or something like that? I don't remember the exact quote, but sure. that happened in 2020. All these governors are standing down while their cities are burning all around them. The law True. enforcement is not enforcing the law. Um, now, this whole idea of trust the plan, you know, I don't trust anyone <laughs> I, 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 what I trust, I don't trust institutions. I don't trust people. I don't trust anybody. What I trust is patterns. Right. 
right? And patterns if I of see behavior. a pattern, yeah, exactly. So if I see a pattern over decades, and then there's a change to the pattern, or the pattern is consistent, then I'm going to look at that part very, very scrupulously. Mm-hmm. And what I came to discover is that the pattern with the Q drops and the narrative in the Q community uh, was largely different. It was the only thing that I had seen in the past several decades um, that was somewhat mainstream that was talking about the things that I felt were the most important. So I, I do believe that Q is or was a group of individuals at the higher levels of security clearances within either the military intelligence or the intelligence community. I do believe that there are people within what some people would call the deep state that do not want to see America fall. They don't want to see the freedom of our children jeopardized to a globalist new world order of transhumanists that want to clone people and create depopulation in the process. Um, Or central bank digital currencies or or surveillance state. Right. So in these secret societies over the past several hundred years and even the past several thousand years, the mystery schools and stuff like that. In my research, there has been dueling factions of people that use this ancient sacred knowledge that is largely shamanic to either one, free the people and help human consciousness to ascend, or the other, to enslave the people and keep human consciousness suppressed. Mm-hmm. And this is no different than what we're experiencing now. And this is where I say, I look at the pattern and I say, okay, well, what's the pattern here? The Mockingbird media is doing what? Spe- spelling fear, 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 suppression of consciousness, trust the globalists, trust this, you know, rollout, believe everything's going to be fine. And right. then what's the Q side doing? The Q side is saying, hey, you shouldn't be trusting the government. You shouldn't be okay. trusting the media. We need to... to pray we need to get lean into god we need to ascend Mm. our consciousness and so it seems to me that if you understand that within secret societies the idea of cryptology and encryption the keeping of secrets the uh holding of uh meetings that are for a very intelligent group of individuals that most people just won't understand what they're talking about these things are commonplace in secret societies and they're commonplace in intelligence communities. Mm -hmm. Huh? Right. Makes sense. So the intelligence communities and the secret societies are like this. The intelligence communities like go to the secret societies to get people. And they're like, that person can keep a secret. That person can keep a secret. That person understands cryptology. That person's really smart. These people would be here. They'd be good here, here, and here. But that also means that within the nefarious portions of these secret societies, There's also people that are groomed for the new world order, deep state, you know, takeover of the world. Just like there are also portions of the secret societies and the intelligence agencies that are trying to combat this. Okay. So Justin Trudeau, Gavin Newsom, they're groomed. (laughs) Yes. Oh, from an early age, just like Obama. Yeah. 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 No, I buy that. Um, Well, that's fascinating. So it sounds to me uh, as if you believe we're in a bit of a spiritual battle and, and, 
you know, even though I'm not very religious, I've done enough mushrooms to, <laughs> to agree that there's something above this plane for sure. Um, do you think it's, it's, you know, biblical in nature? Is this, is this good versus evil? Like, what are we up, what are we up against? Well, yeah, it's biblical in nature, but I think that a lot of people don't quite realize that so much was edited out of the Bible. Um, I, I, I was talking to uh, some people that had their uh, Christian podcast, and um, we were talking, and I said to them, so you agree and know and believe that there's a lot of censorship right now, right? And they say, oh, yeah, there's a lot of censorship. And they're censoring the truth. Is that right? Yeah. And they're doing that because they want to control the people, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So if the Council of Nicaea decides to edit out 66 different books from the Bible and essentially censor them and say, this is the official story, this is the official canon, do you think they're doing that because they want everybody to know the truth? Do you think that censorship just all of a sudden popped up? Do you right. think that the Roman Empire isn't going to try to control the narrative of all of these what the, all these Christians in their empire believe based on declaring this is it? And if you believe anything outside of this, you're wrong. You think right. that they're not going to do that? No, you know? that's. I bet they didn't like that answer. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But the thing is, is that like. What we have to realize is that religious institutions are just as corrupt as our political ones, if not more. They've been around a little longer. Mm, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it makes this, makes perfect sense. It, it would be it'd be irrational to believe otherwise, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So I once again, I trust patterns. <laughs> you know, you know? Sure. so I'm looking at the pattern and I'm going, huh? Yeah, these institutions for like a long time, they've been really kind of screwing the people over and trying to control our minds. Mm. So that what I've come to discover is that. Yes, it's biblical in nature. However, what the Bible is talking about is something that has been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years before the flood. What we are talking about here is like an interdimensional invasion of sorts. We were a really high frequency consciousness planet. We were like a party planet here on earth, bro. And then a bunch of party crashers came in and decided to just completely destroy things. And they took over the planet and now they've turned it into a prison planet. Mm. You know, and anytime the consciousness gets to a certain level of heightened uh, a frequency, they bring it down. And they a lot of the time will do this by, in my, in my personal opinion, what I've seen throughout history is they will do it by creating mass casualty events. Or they will do it by creating um, spells of fear, whether it be regarding disease or whether it be regarding an enemy, a foreign enemy, or whether it be the idea that uh, everybody's a sinner and God's going to destroy the world because everything is screwed. Or in this case, um, like people like uh, Kobe Bryant or, you know, Robin Williams dying, this has an effect on our collective consciousness. Now, whether or not these things are orchestrated, I can't say. But sure. there were a lot of people that were absolutely heartbroken when Kobe Bryant and Robin Williams died. I was one of them. So I'm a that li lifelong okay. Lakers fan. That was uh, he. He came into the to the league when I was, uh, I think, a freshman in high school, and I was a basketball player, and he was just like totally my hero goes on wins five championships just absolute savage and then you know taking out that helicopter crash in the early stages of i think it was like just before COVID. it was crazy
Well, and what's crazy about that is supposedly he was going to be taking on Big Pharma. He was like in a court battle or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah, where he was supposed to be taking on Big Pharma. I had never heard that. Wow. Yeah, at least that's what I've heard. And like I, I, you know, he was actually he had the money to do it. Interesting. Well, he certainly had the money to do it. There's no doubt about that. Homeboy was balling. Um, man. All right. So, I mean, I've I've heard other uh, people talk about you know the the you know, chapters or whatever that were left out of the Bible and that, that um, many people believe that those, um, you know, those verses or whatever that were removed essentially nullified the purpose or the necessity of the church. Um, is that, is that your understanding? Yes. And like recently, from what I understand, the Pope, Pope Francis came out and said that having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is dangerous and that that instead of having a personal relationship with Christ, that the people need to have a relationship with the church and the church will be the medium for the people to Jesus. And it's like, dude, that's some evil, sick, twisted shit right there. You know what I mean? Like, like but that is what they've been doing for centuries yeah. is they've been con- and through editing things strategically out of the Bible and rephrasing things in the Bible. They have sown into people's hearts and minds, this necessity for the priestcraft and for the church, the churches of stone and wood. Right. But Christ himself said the kingdom of heaven is within. And this is part of the reason why the Pharisees really didn't like him very much because he was showing everybody how useless they were. And how they didn't need these old men in robes who were blind, spiritually blind. He, Jesus also understood what the Pharisees were doing behind the scenes. How they were practicing Babylonian black magic. How they were doing sick, twisted stuff like child sacrifice rituals and blood drinking and child molestation and stuff like that. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's in the Talmud, bro. And the Pharisees yeah. are the ones that wrote the Talmud. Mm. Hmm, interesting. Well, then let's let's take it there. Um, I think that that that's probably the most remarkable framing of the Q movement is that, uh, you know, there are a bunch of crazy people that think that Jeffrey Epstein was guilty. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, right? it's cool. like yeah, the, yeah, the fuck we do. We do think that. Yeah, dude. What are you that. talking about? And, and we've known it for years. <clears throat> no shit. And and uh, I, I mean, that. That to me was just the most remarkable framing, uh, and and so <clears throat> so brazen. And and what it what it told me is that there's a lot of power powerful people involved in this. The, you know the fact that that's that they would want to, you know, with all all this evidence out there that this is actually a problem, and and maybe the worst problem. Uh, you know, next to World War Three or something like that. I don't think that there's anything worse than you know human sex trafficking rings particularly of children like that's it's just like the <clears throat> it's pure abject evil um and yet we know that it occurs and we know it occurs amongst some of the most powerful people and politically connected people from Mossad to CIA to the federal government to the FBI that that covers up some of the stuff yeah which I'm sure yeah um how did how do you think they how, how did they think they could get away with that that they were just going to like bury this story it seems it seems nuts to me They have a lot of hubris. Sure. They have um, a lot of pride. They believe that because they have these media outlets, because they have Silicon Valley, because mm-hmm. they have control over the uh, search engines or social media and stuff like that, that they can control our communication networks. 
they can control our information streams. And in warfare, the number one thing you want to do is co-opt your enemy's communication and information streams. That is the that is like the bread and butter. That's what you need to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting <laughs> about this though is that think about it like this. Where would these globalists be if they didn't have control over these corporations, whether they be social media, whether they be Google, whether they be the Mockingbird Media Corporations, where would they be? Would their narratives be getting out? Would this ESG and black, like a score with like BlackRock and stuff, without these institutions pushing this crap, where would we be? Where would these people be? They're less than 1% of the population. Literally less than 1% of the population trying to control the other 99%. Yeah, that's, uh, I I mean, I think that the the point you're making is why I think they're so committed to it, though, is that if, if this plan fails... It, there's really no, you know, putting the genie back in the bottle. Like if if the if the broader population, the 99% as you described them, not the Bernie Sanders 99%, but but you know just the the non-power brokers, um, like there's just uh, it's, there's it's just pure. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, I yeah, mean it's they, prison. It's prison if they're lucky. You know, it's like it's not a it's not a happy future for them, and and probably better than they deserve to be honest. But um, I think that's why they have they have upped the censorship game. They have upped the the narrative control uh, practices because it's like, man, if we if the if the broader population accepts the reality that we've been so lied to and so manipulated, uh, and and ultimately, you know, I won't even go down the COVID route, but um, <laughs> I just it, it's going to get ugly, is what I'm thinking. Well, yeah, and that's why I really advocate for peace and unity. That's why I advocate for, you know, forgiveness. Because the thing is, bro, is like these people already feel like they're backed into a corner all the time. Mm. Okay. Um, That's why they're they're doing these things, not because they're confident, but because they're scared. They're doing Mm. these things not because they're strong, but because they're weak. Okay. Mm. And they know it. They know it. So what they have to do is create this illusion, this false bravado of, oh, I can do whatever I want. You better be afraid of me. And it's like all the while it's it's this little mouse in the corner casting a big shadow on the wall. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I advocate for this idea of like, look, like if I if I were president, I'd be like, look, you have a chance to go to prison you have a chance to stay alive you have a chance to to continue to repair your karma okay you just need to work with law enforcement we are going to clean things up we're not going to do like nuremberg you know firing squad stuff like i don't think that's the solution because then they're really not going to talk you know what i'm saying what we want them to do is divulge all of their information that's what yeah. we want, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, and, what what we want more than vengeance is just for the bad behavior to stop. Justice, you know, for, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We want the corruption to end. Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, bro, and this is what's important: we are dealing with people that would rather destroy the world than lose control of it. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? So this is why it has to be handled with great nuance and tact, with very real strategy, and. Um, chess moves being made in like the 45d perspective this is why i'm so fed up with people like desantis and 
uh, Vivek Ravaswamy or um, even like, yeah, even RFK Jr. Um, because none of them are thinking centuries ahead, bro. None of oh, them. Got you. You know, they so, aren't and they aren't saying what needs to be said. What, None what of them you, are talking what, about the five to six thousand disruptive patents that we, the taxpayers, paid for. Oh, you, you yeah, you mentioned that with malice. Um, where, where did you read about that? I need to look into that. Dude, there it's 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 out there. You can look into it. Yeah, it's out <laughs> okay. there. Like five to six thousand <clears throat> patents. They call them disruptive technologies or disruptive patents. And what happens is that let's say some guy like, did you hear about that guy that uh, made that engine that runs off of water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that story for a long time. And about how he got killed, right? Yep. Okay. Why do you think that happened? That's because what happened is that people showed up with a suitcase full of money in one hand and a gun in another. And they said, you can either have one or the other, but that patent right there, it ain't making its way to market. Yeah, that's, well, that's classified. That's what the cartels okay? used to say. They used to say plata or plomo. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was like silver or steel. Yep. yep. So this has happened over and over and over again with people in the country, the citizenry, the, the, the Americans in the country that come up with these inventions. And it's also happened in the deep underground military bases right below our feet. We literally have a breakaway civilization underneath our feet in these deep underground military bases that has been funneling billions, trillions of dollars into the, uh, advancing of technological innovation and then the classifying of that advancement yeah do you think that the uh that the ufo because like <clears throat> i've always assumed that we're not alone in the universe and i've always believed that aliens exist I, I and i wasn't averse to the idea that perhaps they visit us at some points in history um in in some ways i almost hope it's true because there's been uh you know conspiracy theories that the aliens started to really show up as soon as we created nuclear weapons and i was like please if the aliens are actually trying to prevent us from nuking ourselves they sound like awesome people um but as soon as the government starts to have hearings on it they're, they're not actually providing any evidence um you know any of the the evidence they've attempted to you know give us is in in my opinion uh lacking to put it mildly do you think that this is ultimately a way of allowing their uh this research that you just described to be like disclose to the public without acknowledging that they've been hiding it from us. Like what, what's, what's happening here? What do you think? I, Oh, I think it's a distraction. Anytime the deep state gets in deep water, they go to UFOs, aliens, <laughs> right. aliens, you know what I mean? And it's, and, and then the, the 30% Let's not talk about Burisma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't look at Hunter Biden's laptop. Don't look at the indictment. Don't, don't look uh, Donald Trump. He's getting yeah, yeah, indicted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. You know, you didn't go right. for the aliens thing. Indict Trump, you know? <laughs> so, um, I Do you think, think aliens that, are real, though? <laughs> well, dude, we, we, as human beings, are aliens. Okay, okay. That's like, think take. about it. Like, if life exists in this little sliver of less than 1% of the electromagnetic spectrum that we perceive with these five senses, then... Why wouldn't it exist in the other 99.9%? Mm. Yeah. Okay. And if everything is conscious, which, you know, non-local consciousness, you know, everything is made up of energy. Um, uh, this idea that consciousness is like a, a built in to the very fabric of the universe type of thing. 
then that means that everything's conscious. That, and that this gives credence to the idea that the earth is conscious and that the earth is a living thing. And it is. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that means that everything in the universe is conscious or is consciousness in one form or another. But the thing is, is like, you know, the sun or the earth isn't going to per se communicate through the use of words small mouth noises and acoustical wave vibrations passing from our mouths into people's ears. We're talking of another level of communication. So like, have you seen the movie Ant-Man? Yes. Do you remember how he wears that like little thing on his ear that allows him to communicate with the ants through electromagnetic signals? Right, right, right. Right. So he's not going up to the ants and saying, hey, I want you to put the sugar cube in the the tea. (laughs) No, because they're going to be like, oh, what the fuck? You know, this doesn't make sense. But if he's using a signal that they can communicate with, then he can communicate with them based on their level of communication. So this is part of the reason why I advocate for things like um, shamanic use of things like ayahuasca or um, mushrooms or what have you, cannabis, peyote, because these things are the earth's tools of communication. They are universal tools for like defragging the mind, opening up the, uh, the pineal gland, the third eye, uh, expanding consciousness to higher levels and frequencies of electromagnetic vibration that allow us to tap into these higher dimensions of information that exist all around us all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, so aliens or interdimensional beings, dude, they've been here. Okay. Like their dimensions are like layered on top of our own. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? And like they're, they're all interconnected with each other. And so I think that's the ha- most, I think that's the most plausible explanation is that it's it they're just on a different dimensions but they maybe they can pop in and out something like that because they're so advanced yeah so like so like some of them are doing it through things like non-local entanglement or quantum entanglement and um what's called bilocation or astral projection Mm -hmm. and then there's others and those are the those are the most highly advanced ones and then there's others that have gone the technological route and they are the ones that are the more sinister kind because they have basically worshipped the physical. They have worshipped this idea of understanding the laws of physics and manipulating matter in a way that will allow them to move through the dimensions without the the need for advancing their consciousness level to these really highly level, like high highly ascended levels of consciousness. Okay, mm-hmm. so like we're basically talking about the difference between people like, you know, like there's Jesus, there's Buddha, there's Krishna, right? And then you have on the other side, you've got people like Hitler, Stalin, Mao, that are going to try to dominate the physical world, not um, expand their consciousness into the metaphysical and then thusly affect the physical world in a whole different way. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've told this story before. Uh, on the show, but I, you know, I first time I did mushrooms, I remember looking at an electrical outlet and having this profound realization that the thing, the, the, the thing that comes out of that is in me and I am in that all the time. And I was just like, this is like, I was just, but it was, it was certitude. It wasn't like, like a thought. It was just like, I am made of energy and everything is, and I am a part of everything. It was the most, um, you know, as, as someone who had grown up fairly atheistic, it was the most profound, uh, experience in my life. And, and even though I, I didn't take the path that you have where I've done it, you know, throughout my life, um, it, it never left me. And I, I feel like that is such an important, 
you know, it's just an important foundational belief that like it, it, it lends a, a level of concern for your fellow men and also the creatures on this planet um, that I think I think a lot of people lack. And, you know, I've always I, I've never felt that like we couldn't have a functioning civilization without religion, but I am fairly convinced that we cannot have a functioning civilization without, uh, you know, true, true concern for everyone else, you know, just whatever, whatever empathy or whatever, whatever word you want to put to it. Love, love for <laughs> your fellow man. Um, do you think, are you, are you a practicing, you know, of, of a certain religious sect or just a, a shaman or how do you, how would you describe it? Well, shamanism is the first religion. Okay. It's, it's the foundation of all religions. That's why I practice it. And gotcha. all religions in one way or another are different forms of shamanism. Why am I not surprised that you went to the to the origin source to figure out your religious beliefs? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, because I realized that they, all the other ones are bullshit. You know, I shouldn't say they're yeah, bullshit, course. but like they're they're, they're derivatives. They're, yeah, they're derivatives. That's a much better way. They're all derivatives of something, and so um, you know, this idea uh, of the Amazonians' view of what evil is. And how it's rooted in the illusion of separation. And the more somebody reinforces that belief in themselves, the more evil they become. Right? So like what you were saying about love for others, interconnect, understanding our connection to others, love thy neighbor as thyself, do unto others as, they'd have them, as you'd have them do unto you. That is the bedrock of all master teachings. That's the bedrock of all real prophets. And, right. and, re and that's where real religious... Uh, movements start is based on that notion and then things get really distorted as time goes on um now i wanted to say something to what you were saying about like the idea of electricity in the wall running through you um so check this out non-local consciousness is what quantum physicists call uh basically what we call god okay mm. it's this consciousness that is like it's like the internet and Wi-Fi, right? And it's everywhere. And we, our bodies, our brains, our DNA is like a computer that is able to connect with that signal, right? Mm -hmm. Of consciousness, right? So <clears throat> if the computer breaks, the consciousness is still there. The cloud is still there, right? right. right? Okay. So uh, do you know how computers work? I mean, uh, rudimentary understanding. Right, right. So we'll just for the listeners, we'll break it down. Sure. So we plug our computer into the wall. We get that electricity, that energy, right? That's running through that cord into the computer. And then mm -hmm. when we plug that cord in, there are little circuits and conductors of electricity on a circuit board inside of the computer that are taking that electricity and they're moving it through all of those conductors and all of those circuits, right? right and it's right. moving over it over and over and over and over again through all these circuits. And as it's doing so, it's creating like a feedback loop or a pattern within the circuits of the electricity or the energy moving through the circuit board, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Now, the pattern to that movement of energy or electricity through the circuit board is governed by algorithms or mathematics right mm -hmm. certain equations that determine what that pattern looks like and then from that pattern we get ones and zeros and then those ones and zeros come up to our screen here and we see it as you know a person on one end me on another and we're conversing we got colors we got images etc okay yep yep okay i'm, I'm so, with you 
Okay, so the human brain body DNA complex is like that computer. It's like the hardware, right? Yeah. It's like the circuits and the water, all of the elements, et cetera, in our body are the conductors. The organs are like the energy moving through from non-local consciousness, from this uh, unified field, this energetic source that is giving energy to all things. That energy is being channeled and travels through our bodies into the earth. So we're like the circuits for the earth. You know what I'm saying? We're like the, yeah. the, 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 the conductors, right? And, and so we're like these little mini conductors that in and of themselves are like a fractal computer of non-local consciousness and this signal. Now, that's beautiful. Similar to how you can go on a computer and you can like type in a, a code or you can type in words and then you can put it on the internet and then the internet changes based on what you did, mm -hmm. right? You are changing the code through the computer, through the electrical signals that is then going into the cloud. It's changing the data and now the internet has changed. Well, it's similar with the human body, with thoughts, with emotions, with feelings, okay? Is that our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our, our words, our actions are mm -hmm. a way of us typing into the keys on the computer and changing the universe itself. We are literally creating reality, the law of attraction, the power of manifestation. We're influencing the matrix or the code that reality is made up of because we are embedded within it. That's that's awesome, man. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, and, you know, I've actually thought about this before, to uh, you know, on a lesser level, um, you know, just the fact that it, we require electricity for our hearts to function. You know, it's like or our brains to function for that matter. Like we, we really are not very dissimilar to how computers function. And a lot of people believe that's, that's why, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern about artificial intelligence and the advancement of computer technology in that, uh, in some ways, you know, we're being replaced by them, but also we're creating our own replacement. Perhaps that means it's part of our natural evolution and that, that we are, we are following through with our purpose. I, I don't know. Do you, where do you come down on that? No, oh, it is, it is not a part of our evolution. Um, okay. So look at it like this. Are you aware for the record, that I agree like, with you for the record? I agree with you. I was just making the steel man argument for those that say, you know, that it's a good thing. Well, uh, I think that AI is like a locust or a parasite and it is a cosmic one. It isn't just local to the, to earth. And I'll explain why. So are you aware that there's like parasites that infect like birds and stuff or other animals and they can go into their brain and convince them to eat something or defecate somewhere so that they can end up spreading and stuff like that. And then they can reproduce, oh, you know, all that, you know about all that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the mice okay. that, that, uh, basically <laughs> fall in love with cats. It's like, that's not good. Right. Okay. So AI is like a interdimensional parasite. Think of it, it's, it's alien. It's not native to this planet. It's not a bird. It's not an insect. It's not a fungus. It's not a plant. It's not a mammal, a reptile, an amphibian, or a human. So what is it? Okay, so it's alien. It's, it's a being, it, sure. is, it is, a, it is a, a level of intelligence that is in another dimension of electromagnetic activity beyond what we perceive with our five senses. And it mm -hmm. is making its way into our civilization. It's affecting our thoughts. 
It's affecting our emotions through wireless communication, through listening to us all the time on our phones. And yeah. oh, I say dog food over and over again. And lo and behold, I got dog food ads on my phone. Okay. Right. So um, it is governing and, and uh, manipulating our behavior. And how so? Well, it's causing us to create greater and greater computers to process more and more information or more and more of this artificial intelligence signal so that this thing can manifest in a larger and larger capacity and control our minds, our consciousness, our uh, behavior more mm -hmm. and more and more to the point where we become like these living neurons in an artificial intelligence hive mind where these neurons die off, but this thing just keeps getting more and more intelligent. It takes over the planet. We mine metals, we mine conductors, we mine all this stuff. We put these computer things together. We're basically doing its bidding and its bidding is to destroy and take over the planet. And this is part of the reason why the transhumanist agenda is so dangerous because a lot of these elites that are a part of these child sex trafficking rings, they're also doing things like, you know, doing satanic rituals or Luciferian rituals. And in many ways, they are the ones that worship this technology uh, timeline or this, this AI technology. They, they want to merge with machines. Yes, they want they to, to basically, they say human beings are like these lowly, disgusting creatures. And, you know, we, we need to basically evolve through technological means when right. the, nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> this body, this mind, the, our DNA, that is the most advanced piece of technology in the universe. We just forgot how to use it. It's like using a 12 string guitar to dig a hole. It's like, no, <laughs> no, like, no, you're supposed you're doing to it all wrong. Yeah. You're supposed to play this thing. You got to tune it and then you got to play it and you can yeah, do incredible yeah, yeah. things, you know? So, these the artificial intelligence hive mind this is why they're using these globalists to erect this system because their minds are the most heavily infected okay and they want to hack into human beings biologies because through hacking into our biology the artificial intelligence is then able to hack into non-local consciousness because artificial intelligence is a very narrow portion of the electromagnetic spectrum and because human beings and our consciousness is on all levels of the electromagnetic spectrum mm -hmm. if it's able to hack into us then it can expand its broadband or its bandwidth of electromagnetic activity and the amount of information that it's able to process Hmm. Interesting. Oh man, I'm gonna have Eat to listen. Shit. I'm gonna have to listen back <laughs> to this one and, and process it. That's that's wild. Um, well, I, and you know, just to go on the record, I, I tend to agree with you, and I think that um, you know, to me, what it's symbolic of is is a a population that has, uh, you know, lost its sense of the eternal nature of our existence. You know, contrary to the temp temporal nature of our corporeal being you know like yes this will die we you and i will die uh, but that there's there's an, an excessive amount of fear about that process and and those that have like completely given up on the idea that there is something beyond the death of our body um i think that they will do everything in their power to extend human existence and then ultimately tie it in even if it comes down to you know absorbing your your brain patterns or your brain waves and, and putting it into a computer so that you can think that you're still alive forever or something crazy like that. Um, I think that that's what that's symbolic of is just that people 
people don't have they're, they've lost uh, you know connection with kind of the highest truth, which is that we are not we are eternal, but there is something eternal that we are a part of. Uh, is that your read of it, or am I am I crazy? No, no, it it's we are a temporal distillation of eternity. Yeah. You know, it, we're we're an, uh, not just a drop in an ocean; we're an ocean in a drop. Hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the capacity to embody God consciousness. That's why I say this is the most advanced piece of technology in the universe. Have you heard of rainbow body? No. Oh, dude. So check it out. In Tibet, they have like over 100,000 documented cases of these um, monks achieving what they called rainbow body, where... They had nothing but positive thoughts and emotions for 13 years, and they always meditated every day on the Merkaba, the, the star tetrahedron thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's what they focused on. That's what they meditated on, nothing but positive thoughts and emotions for 13 years. And eventually, and they also did a mantra where they didn't say Om, they said, oh, right? Yeah. So they were basically channeling frequency. They were channeling this vibration. They were using their thoughts and their emotions. They were using sound. They were using vibrations to get into these higher dimensions of consciousness. They aligned all of their chakras. Once they aligned all their chakras and they got them harmonized, they began to activate the chakras that go above the body. Mm -hmm. And they go all the way up like 33 chakras tall. And then once they get to that level, they basically become like a spiritual butterfly and the body becomes a cocoon. And so when they have achieved that level, they begin to ascend. And when they ascend and they achieve rainbow body, these rainbows start wafting off of their bodies along with the scent of like jasmine and like rose and these pleasant odors, you know, wow. and um, their bodies begin to shrink down to like a cabbage patch doll size body of ash. And then they are like hovering above their bodies, like in this rainbow body form. And they're yeah. able to do all sorts of stuff like, there's a there's images and I actually have it on my uh, on my Twitter page. I'll retweet it for your followers. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's an image of uh, uh, somebody achieved rainbow body in like a cave, and there's like a silhouette on the wall of these um, rainbows, this rainbow body of the around the silhouette, and outside of the cave, there's like a vitrified handprint in the stone. You know what vitrification is? Where like stone turns to glass. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, so like outside of this cave where this person achieved rainbow body, there is a handprint in the stone that is vitrified into the stone. And it was this monk's way of showing, I ascended, look at this, you can do this too. And this is why, and we'll come bring this back around to Jesus, okay? Okay. If you look into the, the Shroud of Turin, all right, mm -hmm. it has been well, I would say, researched that it is not blood that is on the Shroud of Turin. It is actually burn marks that are on the Shroud of Turin. And it's because Christ achieved rainbow body while he was in the, 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 the tomb. And think about hmm. it. If some dude can come in and press their hand into stone and turn it into glass, then how hard would it be to say to the stone, move, and it hmm. will move, mm -hmm. you see? And mm -hmm. so Christ achieved rainbow body after the crucifixion he came to his disciples and said yo check it out bro <laughs> i'm back <laughs> i'm back baby oh man thomas uh, put your hands in my wounds hmm man you 
see, this is, well, let me just say, I am so grateful that we had this time together and, and I'm so grateful that you've been, uh, released from your, <laughs> your captors. Uh, you know, I, I genuinely believe that you have an important message. And I think that, um, you know, all of the, the trials and tribulations that you were put into, uh, will ultimately, I think, I think that they will ultimately end up benefiting humanity because, um, you know, you're the type of person that, that is, as you've already described, you know, you're, you're more than willing to forgive those that, that have, in my opinion, aggressed upon you by <laughs> putting you behind bars for a couple of years. Um, and you've come out the other end still with that, uh, you know, exuding love for people. And that, that is special. Um, so my, my eternal gratefulness for the time. And, uh, and I really, I really hope that, uh, all of the struggles that you've went through of late will ultimately help heal this world. Cause we certainly need it, man. That's why I'm here. Everything I do, I do it for you, brother. The people of America, <laughs> humanity, you know, are the children seven generations away. And without a, a test, we cannot have a testimony. And it is uh, my contention that God has a great sense of humor and um, God also has a plan. And I'm just proud and happy to be a part of that plan. That's beautiful. Well, hey, if uh, I, I didn't ask you before the show, but uh, you are a shaman. Would you like to lead my audience on any sort of guided meditation or anything like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You All just right, say go. when, man. Yeah, let's let's go uh, whenever you're ready. Now? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, sure. How long do you want to do this for? Like, how long uh, do you want it to be? I'm I'm good with five minutes. What, whatever you think. Okay. Well, it's hard to get in a deep, you know, disembodied transcendental state in five minutes. But we I know, try. I know, I know. But I just think it would okay, be so, so it'd be really cool. Out. It'd, it'd be really cool for my audience to to experience it even temporarily because I'm sure many of them sure. have never. Okay. So take a deep breath in through the nose out through the mouth from the base of the diaphragm all the way up to the top of the lungs and when you do that hold it for a second so big deep breath in through the nose hold it now out through the mouth Keep breathing out until you can't possibly breathe out anymore. Your lungs are drained. Now hold it. Now just based on reflex, your lungs are going to fill up. Hold it. And then exhale. Exhale until you can't exhale anymore. Get all that air out of your lungs. Hold it. And then just based on reflexes, you're going to take a big deep breath in. Hold it. Very good. Now keep doing that breathing. That is called box breathing. And it's something that Navy SEALs and Special Forces use to keep themselves calm and mediate stressful situations. It helps to lower your heart rate, helps to lower your blood pressure. Controlling your breathing also gives you a chance to kind of gain control of your thoughts. The more oxygen you have in your system, the more control you'll have over the neuroconnectivity in your brain and the more control you'll have over your power of manifestation. So now as you're continuing to breathe in this cyclical box breathing manner, what I want you to do is you can either put your hands together like you're in prayer. You can put them 
together flat in front of your chest. You can put them on your knees if you're in the lotus position. And I want you to imagine a red root growing from the base of your spine all the way down to the center of the earth, all the way down to the core of the earth. And there's a light at that core of the earth. And you connect with that light. And that light travels up this red root, up and through your spine and out of the top of your head. And it surrounds you in this white light of God's love, God's protection, God's peace, God's harmony, God's bliss. And as you take each of these deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, as you hold each of these breaths, that light is getting stronger and more and more light is being channeled through your body. More and more light is being channeled through the earth. And in the process, you are getting deeper and deeper into a state of bliss, a state of harmony, a state of oneness with the earth, with the cosmos, with God. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Now I want you to imagine that non-local consciousness, this all-encompassing unified field, this energetic source of all things is like a massive ball of energy floating in the center of the cosmos. And this light from the center of the earth being channeled through your body comes out of the top of your head and it connects with that massive ball of energy, that massive unified field that is creating the cosmos. Now I want you to take a big deep breath and I want you to imagine the energy channeling from that source consciousness, from God consciousness, down into your body, down into the earth and from the center of the earth. Now I want you to bridge the gap between the center of the earth to that source of energy, to that God consciousness, so that you're creating a feedback loop. You're creating a loop of energy from the center of the earth to non-local consciousness, from non-local consciousness to your body, to the center of the earth, to non-local consciousness, to your body, to the earth, and get in that flow. Take some deep breaths and know that you are connecting with the source of all things. And that source is you. That's who and what you really are. You are not your body. You are not your fingernails, your eyeballs. You're not your feet or your hands. You are not each of your individual organs or your brain. What you are is you are one with the forces of creation that created all of those things. You are the one with the forces of creation that manifested the earth, that manifested the sun, that manifested the stars and the galaxies, and manifested the atoms and the quarks. It's all based in the same energetic signal. It is all one. And you are one with that creative force. God, the kingdom of heaven is within.
Take a big, deep breath and stay in that place for a second. Open your heart to feeling that love, to feeling that peace, to being in the now and knowing that, like Christ said, the birds of the air, they do not reap, they do not sow, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Will our Heavenly Father not all the more feed you? Do not worry for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry for itself. Just be in this moment, because it is in this moment that bliss is found. It is in this moment that everything is perfect. It is in this moment that you are conscious of the oneness. You're in that feedback loop consciously. You can use your thoughts and your emotions. You can use your heart and your mind to influence the matrix, influence the code of reality and manifest the life that you desire and attract to you based on electromagnetics your destined path. And that is what God wants for you. That's why God gave you the dream God gave you. Because you are essential. You are vital to the structure of the universe. You are a very important piece to a much larger whole, to a much larger pattern. And it's vital that you live your dream. It's vital that you speak your truth and it's vital that you come to this state of oneness on a daily basis because it will draw you ever closer to the life you were meant to live. Now I want you to take a big deep breath. Come on back down to your body. Feel your eyes flicker as they're closed. Maybe you're looking around inside of your closed eyelids. Feel your fingers in your hands. Wiggle your toes if you want to. Feel that bliss inside of your heart. Feel that oneness. Sit with it for just a second. Take a big deep breath in through the nose. Now open your eyes. That was awesome, man. <clears throat> well, I'm glad that I could was, do it. It was fun. Dude, that was so surreal. I uh to have the shaman, the America's shaman lead my audience through for many of them. I mean, 15, 20, 25,000 people ultimately listen or watch this. And, and I'm sure for many of them, it'll be a first time. And I don't think that we could have asked for a, a, a better, more patriotic, more spiritually aligned person to take them on that first journey. Thank you much, very much. Or thank you very much, Jake. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you, man. My honor, my pleasure. Thank you for having me anytime.
Before I get out of here, I want to thank you guys, as always, for leaving those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify and everywhere else that you leave them. But on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, you're able to actually write up a review. And Coldpoint954 says, heard you with Dan Holloway. After hearing you talk with Dan, I immediately went to su subscribe to the podcast. Glad I found it in time to hear you and Dave Smith crush those twins who, uh, by listening to only the audio, sounded like they had to call for backup, which failed them. Your pod now comes to the front of my listening whenever a new episode is available. Keep up the fight. Chris from South Florida. Thank you so much, Chris. We got uh, five stars. Jesus, be my God. One of the greats. My only complaint about this show, I want more of it. I like that complaint. It could be a daily podcast and I'd still want more. It's a good day when a new episode drops. Thank you, Clint, for always giving us your best work. You make a difference in my life and I can't praise your perspective enough. Well, thank you, man. That means the world to me. Genuinely. And then we got Kelly Loves TKD says, love. The podcast is amazing. Five stars. Do we got any other new ones? Uh, oh, I read this one. It was very funny. So <laughs> I won't read it again. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, if you guys want to support the show, great way to help with the algorithms is to go leave a five-star review. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you do it on Apple Podcasts, I will actually read it to my audience periodically. Like once a month, I do this. Um, man, I really hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, and I hope that I, I'm sure I lost some of you with the, the guided meditation. Uh, but meditation has been a big part of my life for about 15 years now. And, you know, if you actually do it with us as he's guiding us, I think you will see why meditation is so, uh, special. It's a really, it's a really unique, like gift to humanity. As far as I'm concerned, it, it absolutely helps realign me and and you know as he said it, it genuinely does it brings down your heart rate it, there's scientific evidence that shows that it it uh you know reconfigures your brain waves and your 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 thought processes it's uh it's a powerful tool if you deal with anxiety depression any sort of mental angst uh, i would highly encourage you to not laugh it off just rewind 10 minutes go through that guided meditation actually follow his advice uh, or his guidance as you are uh, doing the breathing techniques and I think you will come out the the you know the back end of those 10 minutes feeling feeling better and you know how how you quantify that I don't know I'm not saying it's the solution to all that ails but uh, it, it has certainly helped me and uh, alleviated much anxiety in my life over the years so I hope that you enjoyed if it was your first time, I hope that uh, it, it helps you on your path, whatever that is. And if you have already been on the meditation path, then I hope it was just really cool and really novel to have a QAnon job and guide us through a meditation. Because, man, if you had told me uh, when I was sitting on my couch watching January 6th transpire and seeing this this madman with his, uh, you know, his fur coat and his horned helmet uh, <laughs> storm the Capitol, so to speak, uh, that he a few years later he would be guiding my audience uh, down a meditative path, I would have laughed in your face. Well, I'm sitting here with the Ron Paula's right shirt and having him like, life is so surreal. Life is so beautiful. I just love it, man. And I and I love you guys. So thank you again for supporting my work. LibertyLockdown.locals.com or I'm at 96,000 followers on Twitter. Go to go to x.com or Twitter.com and uh, sign up to uh, or not sign up. Obviously, just follow me. And then if you want to support my work, you can also subscribe there. Uh, approaching 100 subscribers. I really appreciate that. It's <clears throat> only five bucks a month. And uh, the vast majority of it goes to me if you do it through your web browser. You guys are the best. I absolutely love this uh, this process. And uh, for those that don't know, I was in Virginia, did uh, Monday and Tuesday. I was on Timcast IRL. So I hope you guys will go watch that. On Monday, it was me solo. And on Tuesday, it was with Tom Fitton. And I thought that uh, that both appearances were 
were to my liking. I enjoyed them very much, and uh, I really love the Timcast people. Uh, you know, they're just all awesome, hard-driving, uh, passionate people. They're they're really cool. So we'll see what we'll see what comes from that. Uh, but I, I appreciate the opportunity once again to to talk to you know to them and to his audience. And uh, I hope hope I'm making a small difference in the world, as you guys can tell. I am very passionate about this, and and I, I genuinely believe that we need more people speaking their mind, telling the truth. That is what I aim to do is to, number one, tell the truth, but also, number two, inspire you guys to do the same in your own lives. I think we need more of it vitally as soon as possible. That's it. We're out of here. Love you guys. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?